Hi, my name's Matt, and this is a podcast about life after the coronavirus vaccine. Welcome to episode 11. Food, fuel and friendship. As essential as its nutritional qualities are, food is far more than fuel. Food is, among so many other wonderful qualities, deeply social. Many writers have so beautifully captured the deep, complex and beautiful nature of food, the many sensual words of Nigella Lawson across her countless invaluable cookbooks and TV series are some favourites of mine, as are the brilliant insights of Ruby Tando, particularly in her excellent book Eat Up, the audiobook version of which I have linked in the description of this week's episode. Our personal relationships with food are each so complex. Our unique tastes and preferences intersect with our upbringing and our life circumstances, which in turn intersect with our relationship with ourselves, our identities, our bodies, with money, with time, with others and with the world around us. This is why the pleasures of food are so great. And also why treating disordered eating and eating disorders can be so challenging. I mostly want to keep this week's episode a little lighter in spirit. Whilst I have had my own struggles with food in different forms, I want to use this week's episode to bring focus to the ways food has comforted and connected me this week and this year. However, I do want to just pause to say how deeply moved I was by the death of former Big Brother contestant Nikki Graham last week. Nikki struggled with an eating disorder and she spoke with such honesty about those struggles. What an upsetting tragedy her death is so young and what a stark reminder it is to make sure the support that is needed is available for everyone who faces ill health, be that mental, physical or as is often the case, a complex relationship between the two. The circumstances of Nikki's death have caused me to pause and reflect, thinking about this past year and how my own relationship with food, already so complex and fraught with dangers, has had to adapt and change, bend and yes, at times even break a little in the upheaval of routines, social supports and our whole lives. Eating disorders and disordered eating exist on a spectrum and I count myself as blessed that I have not been under pressure or pains so great that they would find me crushed under the weight of their burden. I have sat alongside friends of mine at very difficult times in their journeys with food and I have seen the hurt and pain a damaged relationship with food can cause. So whilst this week there will be lightness and joy around food, a celebration of sweet treats and savoury delights shared between friends, it is, I think, important to acknowledge the potential for hurt and pain, to keep us watchful over our own harmful patterns of behaviour and mindful of the struggle of others that may be hard to see but that needs our kindness.
Sometimes that kindness is a freshly baked cake delivered to a doorstep or a pizza in the park with a friend. But sometimes that kindness is knowing to invite a friend for coffee, not dinner, or to send a card, not a cake. my regular Monday routine over lockdown has been these sounds. The sounds of a weekly online food shop arriving. Those early days of lockdown where delivery availability was limited was such a stressful time. Anyone who knows me knows I love food. Love to think about it. Love to talk about it. Love to make it. Love to share it. I love food. But I can also worry about it. And in those early days of lockdown, food was such a stress and a worry. Getting enough food and the right kind of food to fuel me through the week felt weirdly unstable. But things settled and the routine of a weekly food shop has worked pretty well. It means some careful planning and occasional shortages of fresh vegetables and salad towards the end of the week. But the weekly arrival of crates of food is such a joy. I am, as we all know by now, very pleased that browsing the aisles of Lidl is returning, adding to the weekly supplies and bringing along with it the spontaneous creativity that comes from popping to the shops, responding to the cravings of the body for fueling and the creativity of wanting something exciting, delicious and often optionally nutritious. These are the sounds of a blood orange drizzle cake being made. My own slightly more intensely flavoured variation of a recipe I found on Instagram and is linked in the description of this week's episode. The original makes a large loaf cake. Mine, using half measures of all but the fruit makes for an ideal 7-inch square version. 110 grams each of softened butter and golden caster sugar are beaten with the zest of two beautifully blushing blood oranges until light and fluffy. The zest giving up its fragrant oils and imparting a subtle hue to the batter. Two lightly beaten large eggs are beaten in next, adding a little at a time, only adding more when the past addition is fully combined. Finally, 110 grams of self-raising flour and the juice of a quarter of one of the fruits is gently stirred through. The sweet, fragrant, golden batter is poured into a greased and lined 7-inch square tin and baked at 170 degrees centigrade for about 20 minutes. 
or until the top is golden and springs back when gently pressed. Whilst it bakes, you can make the drizzle topping by combining 100 grams of caster sugar and the juice of one of the blood oranges to form a sweet, pink, just pourable syrup. When the cake is baked and straight out of the oven, dot the top of the cake with holes using a skewer or similar and generously pour over the thick, fragrant drizzle. I know it hurts, but this cake must be fully cooled before cut. Thankfully, that is much easier when it is being given away. I truly believe that cake is caring. There is no better way to say you care than cake. Blood oranges are short-seasoned, their light, fragrant, bittersweetness vanishingly rare. So to bake and deliver this cake to a friend undergoing chemotherapy, to know its sweet, crisp top and tender, light crumb will nourish their body under repeated attack from drugs and radiation. To have the use of such treasured, short-seasoned and beautiful fruit express the deep value of a long friendship. This is what I mean when I say cake is caring. These sounds are the sounds of a care package being prepared. The sound of orange 12 bars being placed into a box wrapped tightly to be sent across the world. You see, my friend Fleur lives in America and frankly, American chocolate mostly sucks. It's certainly nothing compared to British chocolate and really nothing compared to British Cadbury chocolate. And the best of British Cadbury chocolate right now is the brand new Orange Twirl. The Twirl bar is already a masterpiece. Cadbury milk chocolate is already a beautiful creation. And in a Twirl bar, it is enhanced by some kind of textural magic when flaky layers are encased in more chocolate. Add orange to that and we have a true sweet masterpiece. So to send some to Fleur... It's just a small way to bring a little taste of home to someone who I know is missing their family. And whilst being on British soil, we'll have to wait. A chocolate orange 12 or 10 doesn't have to. Fleur, they're on their way. Bon appétit. I'm closing out this week's episode how I closed out my week, heading out to Winchester for pizza in the park. So, it's Friday. 
and um, I'm on my way to Winchester where I'm gonna go meet Alice and have takeaway pizza sat in the cathedral grounds takeaway pizza from Three Joes I've missed Three Joes so much it's such good pizza um, but more than that you know like it's missing sitting talking being with a friend eating with a friend you know food is such a social experience and I've just missed having dinner with my friend um, so I'm really I'm really excited this is that little bit of extra freedom that vaccination buys you eh must be like nearly a couple of months ago now um maybe January or February um but we we both got a takeaway and sat and ate over FaceTime <laughs> um which you know sounds a little tragic it is a little tragic but it was so nice at the time it was just what my soul needed but it's it's just no replacement for this which is getting to actually you know eat dinner with someone what a nice what a nice it's just like one of my favourite things in the world and I can't wait literally can't wait It felt so beautifully normal, so comfortingly familiar to sit in a park with a friend with pizza and eat and catch up and laugh and chat. There is still a background nervousness, of course, but it quickly fades further back in the comfort of the company of a good friend, in the outdoors, with fresh air and plenty of space, and the added comfort of negative tests and vaccination. Nothing, really nothing, is quite like good food enjoyed in good company. Great pizza, the gift of freshly baked cookies, and great conversation. At the end of this week, life not only feels a little more normal, but planning for more normal feels a little more possible too. The possibility of more great food shared with friends. And I cannot wait. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, you can follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. You can find the podcast on social media at Life After Vax, V-A-X on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to reach out for a more meaningful connection, you can drop me an email. Hi at lifeaftervax.com. Until next time.